Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Caught Offside with Andrew Gunling and J.J. Devaney. Oh, yes. Caught Offside. Just outside of New York City and from an apartment in Brooklyn, New York, Andrew Gunling and J.J. Devaney. What's up, brother? Uh, may I swim into dangerous waters, Andrew? Uh-oh. Um, so the Super Bowl was yesterday. And it depended on when, when you're listening to this. It was Sunday night. And I, I love Super Bowl Sunday. And we have a tradition now that we go over to our friends, Amanda and Dave's. Uh, in Bay Ridge, every Super Bowl, we, we go there. And especially now we have kids. We got a babysitter in, just went there. Um, and we have such a good time. We watch the game, we chat, and have a few beers. It's lovely. It's perfect. Because bars are too busy. They're crazy. They're intense. You you get I'll get absolutely messed up. And just like the next thing, it's the morning and I feel terrible. It's, it's just perfect to Can't spend it with friends. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, it, it, you know, they're good friends of ours and everything. And usually we order in pizza. But we had so many little starter things and a, an amazing dip that Darcy made that we didn't, we were kind of full and we didn't have, we didn't order in the pizza. And and that was fine. And I still enjoyed myself tremendously. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. I felt a sense of loss. There's nothing wrong with that at all. I felt, uh, so uh, around maybe five minutes to half time. Uh, everyone was like, kind of. We probably don't need to order pizza, and I'm just sat there. Oh, so you? Oh, you were still hungry. You still wanted it. I could have eaten it. Yeah, oh, I wasn't. Okay. I wasn't dissatisfied. I just, you know, when I'm in the mood for stuff in my face, I'm going to go all in. No, I get that. If, if you were, if you were still hungry, that's a whole other story. I thought you were going to ask, is it okay to just fill up on like Super Bowl appetizers? And my answer to that is absolutely. That's what I did last night. We had the little pig. We had pigs in a blanket. I had about. 50 of them. And then the Super Bowl <laughs> is my one night a year because I used to, I'm a Dorito, I'm a recovering Dorito addict and I don't trust myself, but I give myself one day a year where I can lose total control. And it's Super Bowl Sunday. I, I get a bag of Doritos every year and I eat the entire thing, not a small bag, 
a large bag, a large bag of a family size bag, and I destroy them. Yeah. I, and I hid them because I know everyone in my house wants to eat them, so I hid them in like a top shelf that no one can reach. Um, and I went crazy. So yeah, th- no, that's totally fine. I I wanted to um, I, I I just wanted to say some you know guys will regret this moment forever. <laughs> But everyone, the consensus, Darcy, Amanda, Dave, they were like, yeah, no, we're kind of full. And I, and, 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 and I, I, this was my little line that I threw out there just to, to see if I could, you know, get anybody on board. I said, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I might be hungry in an hour. <laughs> uh, that's great. A little, I wish you had gone even more passive aggressive than that. Like if everyone was like, no, I, I think we're good, actually. If you had just like, you let a couple beats go by like five seconds of silence and then just went like, are we though? (laughs) Just let that sit there. No, I had a great time. The dangerous waters is that Dave listens to this podcast and I don't want him to seem that I was dissatisfied with this year's Super Bowl. No, he blew it. He, one of his guests went home on unfulfilled last night. He needs to know this. (laughs) Not like that really isn't anyway. Um, yeah, the Super Bowl. Yeah, you happy. We happy with that, Andrew. You happy with uh, that? Is the that Chiefs? is also that's also dangerous waters for for <laughs> a similar reason because I know, and maybe he won't listen to this one, but I know sometimes the boy, RJ, who's Mr. one of our Tots. closest friends, um, is a a diehard 49ers fan, and I know he he sometimes will listen to this podcast because um, he texts me afterwards usually with like a thought on something, hmm. and so I like. In sport, like I am a pretty unselfish person, generally speaking. However, in sports, in my sports fandom, uh, I am not because I hear a lot. A lot of people will say like, oh, you know, if my team's not in it, my only interest, like so and so is a huge fan of that team. So I want him to be happy. Yeah. And I love RJ. I do. And I want him to have only good things in life. Um, But in sports, I am not. I'm an extremely selfish person and I only want in sports what is best for me. And I've made no secrets of it. It's come up before on this show. I don't remember when or how, but I hated this 49ers team. I hated them. The Eagles beat them last year in the NFC championship game. The 49ers went on a year long PR campaign to essentially invalidate that success for that Eagles team. And I've hated them ever since. And I root against them every time they play. I can't stand that group of players. Um, I acknowledge how great they are. They deserve to be there. Uh, there's no denying that. I just didn't want to see them do the thing that the Eagles couldn't do last year, beat the Chiefs. I wanted. I didn't want the Niners to get that over on us. And I was rooting against them last night as though I was from right in the heart of Kansas City. Wow. Yeah. It was, I... that, it was that intense for me. I was completely locked into that game. I thought the second the fourth quarter in overtime was as riveting as sports gets. Yes. The game as a whole um I mean the first, first half, half was poor. Was terrible. Yeah. I mean look if you love defense I guess you would say oh hold on there's two sides to the game. It's not just all about offense. And that's true. But I mean watching the Chiefs offensively was like I guess that's good defense but they were just so poor. Um but the result, the outcome yeah, it was was what I was looking for. No, I was rooting for the Niners. Wanted to see Joy for RJ. Um, <laughs> didn't just trying to make me look like a jerk. No, You're, no. Just, like, no I, I, I got into it, but when Moody, um, when Moody's kick, uh, the extra point was was blocked. I I had a, a sense of foreboding, a real, real sense of foreboding for the minute. 
turned out to be the case, even though he was clutch then after it. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. It's just one of those things. Um, Crazy game. I, we had, and, a guy's ankle. I mean, just like it was unbelievable ending to that game. We had a little bit of soccer penetration in the adverts, uh, Andrew. We had friend of the podcast, Kate Abdul, was prominent in a in an advert um, during the halftime for the Champions League, and and obviously it's a CBS vehicle, so it's you know you're going to see that. Sure. Um, I say friend of the pod. He hasn't texted me back in a while. <laughs> Acquaintance of the pod. Oh no, no. I I I like to, I like to think she was my friend. Um, but if I don't get a text, if I don't get a text now in the next two two weeks, I'm going to say that I'm going to move her to acquaintance. The clock is ticking. The clock is ticking. And we had um an advert from from Lionel Messi for um Michelob Ultra, mm-hmm. which it wasn't fine. good. It wasn't good. It was it wasn't good. It wasn't funny. Right. The beach dribbling. Did look fake, um, and we know Messi. Like I, in my, in my brain, when I see Messi, you know, propped up to the bar ordering a Michelob Ultra, I also see him on the side of a bus guzzling Fernet and Coke. So it's it's hard for me to see him drinking Michelob Ultra. But I suppose the ad was fine. The ads this year were unremarkable. I would say the only remarkable thing was that the He Gets Us people had so many ads. Like apart from trying to tell us that Jesus gets us, like what 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 like what else are they are they selling here? T shirts, lots of lots of like the first ad was had lots of feet washing, which obviously is a biblical biblical reference. And then when I thought I was at peak Jesus, Marky Mark has an app. Mark uh, Mark Wahlberg pops up to tell us to remind us that Lent is coming. <laughs> Just as yeah. we're guzz- as we're guzzling our faces, uh, Mark Wahlberg starts talking. He's got he's got a Christian, uh, I presume it's a Christian app of some sort as well. It's like, okay, yeah, good for him. Good. I mean, I got no problem. I don't need with to be it. told. I, got- I don't need to be told about Lent when I'm stuffing my face with buffalo chicken and hoping for pizza. Yeah, didn't didn't quite get it though. Maybe if you'd prayed a little harder, yeah. somebody else would have spoken up and you would have gotten that pizza. Um, I mean, those ads are fine. I don't know. Like, I will. Uh, one thing, JJ. I don't know. I hope this doesn't get me in trouble. Oh, the um, go for it. Come on. You know how recently we talked about like little phrases that like just they hit us at some part in our brain that makes us have like a uh, reaction. Yeah, it doesn't mean I don't like that thing, but the phrase just bothers me. Yeah, the I phrase. Gotcha. The phrase "stay prayed up." I don't know. I don't like it. I don't where, like where, it on that. Where did you hear that? That's isn't that's what Mark that's what Mark Wahlberg said at the end of the ad. Hey, did stay he... prayed up. It's oh, like oh. something like that. Like again, that's just like my whole thing with speaking truth to power. Ah, oh. I, I don't mind the act of doing it. I just for whatever reason, something about those words together said the way that they're said. It just hits me in a way that I'm like, ah, I wouldn't say that. I don't oh, want to no. say that. I can't. I can't imagine a context. Me saying goodbye to you. Last week when we met up and I just said, I said, hey, man, take it easy. And you say, take it easy to me. And I say, stay prayed up, bro. Yeah. I mean, that's people probably do that. I just don't know that I could say that. I you, don't know why. Um, <laughs> I just could you I say, could you be a guy who could say bless? No, no, I can't do any of those things. Blessings. But I don't know that I heard that one at the end of the ad. I was like, ah, ah I don't know. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, the, the visual wasn't weird enough of uh, Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch reminding you. Well, the Funky Bunch weren't there. Mar- Mark Wahlberg was there reminding you about Lent, as if that I, wasn't weird enough. I like him a lot. His, I think his role in The Departed is classic. I almost it, think there should be a spinoff movie. That is very, very good. Yeah, <laughs> um, he, that is very good. I, I'm a, I'm a big fan of his. I think um, he's overexposed. I would say in the last maybe decade, well, fifteen years. What is that, babe? How many? Why? What, he makes a movie a year, right? A couple movies a year. What's wrong with that? That's I don't know. You're you're being. I think that's unfair. Might be too much. Yeah, I associate him with the, that whole Boston set as well. You know. Yeah. Which I also thought was a good ad last night. I thought the Dunkin' Donuts one was funny. It was fine. It was okay. Uh, I thought Matt Damon was good in it. You know. Can yeah. I ask you a, a, a Super Bowl related question? Yeah, before with we so- do with Super soccer, soccer with a soccer tie-in. Oh. That to know you is to know exactly how you'll respond to this, but I want to ask it anyway. Yeah. You've been to two Champions League finals. Mm. Do you think? Do you think that the Champions League that UEFA could take some cues? From the NFL and the Super Bowl, oh, in Jesus. terms of in terms of how to make an event feel oh, big, Christ, no, 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 no. Listen, <laughs> UEFA's first and uh, the Champions League, their first protocol is how about trying to get fans into the stadium? Well, yeah, they, they've got they've safely got work, work to do in other areas before they start worrying do, do, about how can we make this feel bigger. Do that and not have us not have <laughs> us being beaten by Frenchmen. That'd be <laughs> that would be great. Um. No, no. If anything, they're they're they are adding layers of faff already. Paris was, Paris, Kiev, Dua Lipa, fine, I guess. All right. Um. Although I, I is that the, before? That's before the game, though, right? Before it's not the half-time. game. Yeah. Before the game. Yeah. And there was, and no, no halftime show. No, no. I guess None there are there are certain constraints built into soccer that make it a little more difficult. Like like the commercials, that is part of the experience of the Super Bowl. It's like we you're going to watch all this new content tonight. Coming back from break, like all the like things that the graphics that they show, whatever. Like soccer just makes it harder to do all those things. Yeah. But, but again, to know you was to know immediately. If anything, I thought you'd go even further. Be like, no. In fact, they've gone every year. It should just be played at the Den in Millwall. That's where <laughs> the game should be held. Let's. <laughs> and everybody should have like like. Pigs in blanket before the game and no anthems, nothing. Just play the game. No, no. Um, I, I will I, say like the people do look, there are parts of the Super Bowl experience that are sometimes like nauseating. Like it does, they do go far with it, but yeah. I will say like, it does feel, it feels big. It feels different than any other game of the year. And I think they want to make sure that you walk away feeling that about that game, whether your team is in it or not. They've turned it into this experience. Sometimes, as big as the UEFA Champions League final is, oftentimes it it just feels like a, another like a big soccer game. The Super Bowl feels like something totally different. But don't forget a lot. Like we don't with with um, with the Champions League, nobody is paying attention to the pageantry beforehand, and most of the stuff beforehand is still kind of weird stuff, like people running around with flags and things. Yes, yeah, you know that kind of stuff, and 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 cultural stuff. Oh, we're in wherever. Let's do something cultural. Whereas the Super Bowl is just not like that. It's just a America. Like maybe I don't pay attention to it as much, but even little things like again, people will roll their eyes. But like when when on CBS they show like every single celebrity in the world that's there, and obviously yeah. that includes Taylor Swift about a thousand times. But like 
they just do those things. Soccer, because there aren't really that many, like it's harder to find natural breaks in the action maybe that, that lend itself to doing that kind of thing. Yeah. I don't know. I, no, I Soccer is the absolute, you know, they go to the crowd and they see those, remember those guys behind the bench at Chelsea and Stamford Bridge who were brushing their teeth in the middle of the game? <laughs> that, that's the right. kind of stuff soccer throws up. And also right. soccer, it's like a heavy set man nervously biting his fingers. Like yeah. That's, oh, and unfortunately, a tournament in soccer, well, not unfortunately, in my opinion, but for a long time, there there was just a problem with the camera panning to the stands and staying fixated on a woman for way oh, too yeah. long, way too long, like uncomfortably long. So and that that got rid of in the last decade. That's kind of that's it's now like a quick two second flash. There she is. There she's gone. Yeah. So, yeah, it's 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 a bit it's a bit different. Anyway, we should we should probably talk about soccer. We have a lot to talk about. This was a huge weekend in various parts of the world. Um, we're going to get to as many of them as, as possible. Africa, Asia, Germany, England, Spain. I mean, it's it's everywhere, JJ. Soccer was, I mean, this was obviously Super Bowl weekend, but if soccer took a backseat, it, was, it wasn't by much. They weren't in the trunk. They were just right behind the driver. <laughs> we're going to get to all of it. And... <laughs> we'll do so jj that analogy is is sitting with me for i i have so i have something new for you as our vessel to do to do all this oh a delivery device much like an a a a nacho will give you the cheese and meat that you require this is a delivery device for audible for audio soccer that's right we're going to play a new game on today's show jj it's called is it over what over You say over? They think it's all over. It is now. Nothing is over until we decide it is. And is it over now? There you go. No, I, again, you've 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 outdone yourself. Have I? You're the jingle king. They're not technically jingles, or they're like audio beds, I suppose. Very very good. Enjoy that one. Good. Yeah. I'm glad. You know, mo- most of the most of the the segments we do with with your audio creations, I just like them because of the audio creations. I mean, it's, you just it's, like to know that I'm working. I don't think I don't think you care about the quality of it. You just want to know. Okay, well, he's still invested. Well, he's yeah. working. Well, he, well, we are a fifty fifty partnership here, mm-hmm, or we're yeah. supposed to be. But lately, it's been uh, a lot of JJ. Yeah, you you said that a few weeks ago, and and it really bothered me. I was doing a lot of thinking about that comment afterwards. <laughs> I knew it would. I started. I, I started wouldn't. making a mental checklist of like. I, I was like, wait a minute. I, I knew. When is the last time that guy's done a read on this show, or sat on one of those conference calls with with the ad company, or right, you know, or put the rundown yeah. together, or okay. grab the audio? I mean, how dare you? How dare he thinks because he because he mailed a few t shirts, some shirts that he's now running the show. You mail a few shirts and you think you're Jeff Bezos. Oh. You, you do Manscaped from now on. You talk about your everything that they've had me say over the course of the last several months. Talking about your balls. All right, come on, let's do it. All like, right, is it so over? So up first, JJ, is it over? Okay. Up first, the Bundesliga title race. Is it over? It, it, I mean, it's 11 years of Bayern Munich. They were so comfortably beaten by the table toppers Leverkusen at the weekend that I want to say it's over. You know what? I, I'm going to show some some of the balls that we talk about on Manscaped. Okay. It's over. It's over because it was so easy for Leverkusen. That was this this was the game that was all building to. 
And if you look at from the 2-2 before Christmas to this result now, um, who's got better? Who's improving? Munich are going backwards. Leverkusen are are definitely they're improving, and they're they're the form side. Um, one shot on target, unbelievable. How was that? Like Harry Kane had eighteen touches in the game. They couldn't find seven them. Couldn't. in seven in the so Derek Ray said he had seven. And that was in the 35th minute. Seven touches. So you're saying he had 11 touches for the rest of the game. The number I saw was 18. That's embarrassing. That's terrible. How can that, that happen? That's total breakdown, inability for them to get, get the ball to him. He, do you remember anything dangerous about him? Nothing. No. A complete... And then you think about... It's like all the names for for uh, Leverkusen. Like, how good was Grimaldo? Frimpong when he came in. How important was he? Like, they were brilliant. But they didn't even have to be that good because what they were playing against was was nothing. Three nil, shut out, comfortable. I'm I'm going to go all in. I'm going to go all in, and I'm going to say it is Leverkusen. So I can't do that yet. And it's, it's kind early. well, not even well, sort of, yeah. Um, but it's kind of because it's kind of your fault. You sort of put something in my head when we were talking about Ivory Coast last week, oh, no. and so I'm sort of now thinking about that. Oh God! <laughs> I'm sort of now. Think, I'm sort of now thinking about this thing that you said, like this, like you just said. This was what it, it's all been building towards. Was this game the home against Bayern Munich? Like this was it. So now they did it, but there is still all this time left, and I wonder if there's enough time for them to now, like, for them to a realize what they can now lose like they now have a hold of this thing and the expectations have ratcheted up they have not been in this position before this group of players is not familiar with being cast this way and for Bayern Munich in sort of the Ivory Coast role of like well this thing that was that it was all building towards we failed spectacularly what a disaster like I wonder if that can almost be freeing the way you talked about it being for Ivory yeah. Coast or how we talked about with Argentina, Saudi Arabia or Spain. Like if there's almost a freeing of like this weight that's been on them, well, we just lost it anyway. This is what it was all about was this so now game. we can go play football. Kind of. And so like this obviously was a huge moment in this title race, but I'm almost more curious about what happens in the next two weeks yeah. as I was with what happens in this game. So while they are definitely the favorites, um, and this performance was, I mean, honestly, it was like awe-inspiring to see how how relatively easy it was for them to handle this moment. Um, I, I am still, I can't get there yet. I can't get there yet where I say this thing is over. I, uh, and it, yeah. It's interesting because there's parallels between Leverkusen and the team you support. Um, they have a nickname, ne- Neverkusen, because right. they don't win anything. But if you're a Champions League watcher or you've been alive long enough, you remember in 2002 when they went to the final of the Champions League. They're almost a bit Spursy that way. Like it's not that they've been completely irrelevant. They've been they've been in conversations down the years. They just haven't won anything. And you wonder if that's somehow, uh, as you um, postulated or speculated last year, whether that is just buried in their DNA somewhere. That it is the history of the Leverkusen. Yeah, exactly. Like, but I don't, I I don't I don't really believe in that. And if. If you look at it like it's a young, it's a young enough side, like Florian Verts, talent like that. But it's also they added in the summer, bringing in Grimaldo and bringing Jacka to the club. It's like they've just added a kind of bit of experience 
So what's amazing about them is how bad must they have been in the early months of uh, the 22-23 season? Like how poor must they have been when they can go from the bottom, like a relegation fight when Xabi Alonso took over in October 22 to unbeaten on top of the Bundesliga now. That's the big thing for me. Surely to be a, a, a loss in there somewhere. Somewhere. I know. Nothing this season. Even um, through the, I mean, through the Poco, they're now on the, the cusp All of competitions, that. yeah. It's, and that's the other thing. Is this primed for some kind of just like huge collapse? Um, I'm just going to say for the sake of this uh this segment, no, it's not. They're going to go on and they're going to they're going to win it. Do you, I think most years, maybe not every year, but most years in this sport, somewhere in the world, I, I do feel like there's a team that captures the narrative of that season. You know, think Napoli last year, something like that. Obviously, Leicester when they won it. Um, you know, uh, there have been others in between. I think Liverpool's title-winning season definitely, with how long they went unbeaten that year. Um, have Lever- are Leverkusen doing that, or are they still in some ways below the radar? No, I think Klopp's announcement has lifted them above. Like, obviously, for for our our listeners who who like watching multiple leagues and the Bundesliga being one of them, they're aware of this and they're they're clued in. But for a lot of people, including a lot of Liverpool supporters who wouldn't have very much interest in the in the Bundesliga, but now the fact that Klopp is leaving, everyone is talking about Jabby Alonso because it, it's not that the Liverpool job rests rests on him completing a Bundesliga title, but it would help. I mean, this is his first senior appointment. He's like he's he managed Real Madrid, some youth squads there, and then Real Sociedad B. So he's, this is his first senior job. Um, and I do think the attention is on him now and thus the attention is on Leverkusen. I've seen a lot of tweets from Liverpool fans who watched the game over the weekend. Mm-hmm. After Liverpool-Burnley, they tuned into this one. So it's not under the radar anymore. But I think if if Klopp was, had not made his announcement two weeks ago, if all things were equal, we wouldn't be talking about this yet because people treat the Bundesliga with the same grim inevitability that the Premier League will soon be treated with if City keep winning the way they are. Um, along those lines with Liverpool, um, Leverkusen has now, they've acknowledged the sort of the tenuous situation of, of Zabi Alonso and their director, Simon Rolfs, spoke mm. out and insisted that he is, quote, he is sure that Zabi Alonso will remain at Bayer Leverkusen beyond this summer. Might be true. That might be true, but it won't stop the. No, certainly not. And and Liverpool will talk to him, and yeah, Liverpool will have to let them that happen. So he can be sure all he wants now in February, but there's a lot of time. Yeah. Uh, last bit on this, w- with regards to whether or not it's over, if I will, if I can pour just a little bit of doubt on that, um, I'm reading from the Guardian's Andy Brassel. Uh, who wrote this about the game. He said, as for Leverkusen's now five-point advantage, Bayern were five points behind Dortmund at exactly this point five years ago, a year in which the perennial champions recovered to win the title by two points on the final day. Uh, He does go on to say, though, the numbers may be the same at this point, but the flow of momentum is very different. Certainly feels that way. That's Um, why I'm most excited to see about what happens next. Yeah. I mean, it's the league we're going to tune into, I think, Mm -hmm. uh, going forward. Yeah. Um, for for many different reasons, but that was uh, 
for those of us who want Leverkusen to bre- break the monopoly, that was fun at the weekend. Yeah, definitely was. What an atmosphere. Um, all right. Uh, next one, JJ. Up next, the La Liga title race. Is it over? Well, you're our La Liga expert lately. You are because it's of over. Your, it's your over. Fandom. It's over, right? It's over. It's over. Real Madrid. And I know that it, the nature of the beating, I guess you could say, was similar to that of Leverkusen and Bayern Munich. Um, but I mean, 4 0. This was just a ridiculous Vinicius game. If you love that guy, which I do, uh, oh my God, what a, what a performance from him. He was so good. A goal and two assists. His goal was absurd. Um, his first assist to Bellingham. What a, I mean, he can just do everything. Yeah. Just a, a curved ball kind of around the side, right into Bellingham's path. A great finish too from Jude. Um, oh, it's, second, Jude, it's Jude. It's Jude. Now. It's Jude now. Yes, it is. Um, <laughs> And then who who suffered a high ankle sprain, by the way, in this game. That's not good with the Champions League now calling. I think they said three weeks is what they're looking at right now for Bellingham. Yeah. Uh, but he had two goals in the game. Um, I mean, they're just – I guess the difference for me is, like, I trust – I just trust Real Madrid more, I guess, than I do Bayer Leverkusen because I think that they're they're hardened by these kinds of races and I don't pressure is nothing for them. Like, I don't know. I just I just – Trust them in a way that I don't, Girona. Um, I think I think this one is over. The gap's the same, five points, but I don't. I mean, it only looks like Real Madrid is is strengthening. Although, again, like I said, Bellingham is out. But look, like look what's left. I mean, the guys coming off the bench there are, are their depth is obscene. Uh, you know, even I'm still like still watching Tony Kroos. I know there's talk every year about is he? I thought retire? he was done two years ago. Oh my God, he's so good still. He's so damn good. I don't know. They they look as I think of, I'm thinking about Ronaldo years, Benzema years. I'm sure I could go back and find better versions, but like this Vinicius Bellingham version of Real Madrid, like it's incredible how quickly they've just like recreated a new era of this club that feels like it could be as dominant as anything we've seen from Real Madrid in the last 20 years. Like this is I don't know. I don't want to go look, I know I'm going crazy over over one game over the weekend, but it's I don't know. I, I've been clear how I feel about this team. I love watching this team. Um, I wanted to ask you a question, JJ. Well, can I just say something about, about your boy Jude? We get yeah, off it. Yeah, you and McTair, who's a, a good follow on X uh, for Spanish football. Jude Bellingham is now inside the top 100 goal scorers in Real Madrid history. <laughs> He's played 29 games. He's not a striker. Nope. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's, yeah, he's ridiculous. I mean, the second one, it was mostly Vinicius is doing Vinicius kind of the way he kind of scooted into the box, getting around the defender, put the shot on goal and, and Bellingham doing what he's supposed to arriving late in the box and tucking home the rebound. Uh, just a nice fat one right in front there for him to put in. Um, but he's spectacular. Vinicius, all of them. That just, I just love watching this team play. I wanted to ask you a question, JJ. Oh, you may. What is the scariest sentence in soccer? Because I, I now just watching Real Madrid more and more, like I've always said, they, they're so good because they can win in any number of ways, but their counterattack is where I, as you see it developing, you stand up. You just can't help yeah. it. The counterattack is the attack. Uh, it's it's so deadly. Yeah. Um, and like, that's not the only, like they can beat you through possession, whatever, but like what, they're just so dangerous in that. What is the scariest sentence in this sport? Because I, I think that an announcer, if you're, if you're a supporter of Girona or whoever Real Madrid are playing and the announcer says here, here come Madrid on the counter. I think that's the scariest sentence in this sport. Well, you've got, I, I have I've, a few others. Can you do your few others? Cause I've added two as well. 
Okay. If the if the announcer says Mbappe's in space, I think, yeah. oh dear God, here we go. Um, if the announcer says uh and Ward Prowse will stand over the free kick, that's terrifying. <laughs> um in the transfer window, when you turn on Sky Sports and you and your favorite player's face is on the screen and the commentator says the, the Saudis have made an offer, <laughs> that's terrifying. Uh, and if you're Greg Berhalter and your secretary comes and says to you, Greg Claudio's on the phone for you, I think that is also one of the <laughs> scariest sentences in the uh, sport. Yeah, I've got one for Manchester United fans. Uh, when an announcer goes, Maguire receives it short from Onana. <laughs> uh, and uh, and this one, when anyone says this, Jurgen Klinsmann has expressed interest. Oh, come on. That's not fair. <laughs> Kicking the man while he's down. <laughs> Oh come on! I don't, I've got even more. I've got Jurgen after the break. I've got a few more kicks to deliver. <laughs> well, by all means, animals and anyone, please. I'd like to hear some of That's your scariest, scariest yeah. sentences in soccer because I, I think right now, watching that game here, here come Madrid on the counter. Oh dear God! Oh no 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 no! You tighten up, you tense up. Yeah. Um, can I like just I say said, with this, with you know the scariest sentence in soccer and your amazing little audio bed there, you know your creative juices are flowing today, friend. I've re-earned our 50-50 split of the podcast. You have, yeah. Look Today's at you. show alone. Covered in your own juice. Yeah. Um, it's a five-point gap. Madrid don't play Girona again. They don't play Atletico Madrid again. They've got one more against Barcelona, but it's at the Bernabeu. Uh, they have one against Athletic Bilbao, who are tough. Uh, that one's also in Madrid. They shut Bilbao out the first time they played them this year in the first game of the season 2-0. Even with Bellingham missing for a few games, uh, even with the the quote unquote distraction of the Champions League, although I think Madrid know how to handle those, um, I I think this race, I think Girona put in a valiant effort certainly, but I think I think it's over. Yep, are you with Next me? One. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Okay, I um, yeah, it, it just feels now even just like just looking at the table, uh, with everyone on on equal games played, it it feels too much, and and uh, yeah, I think you're right on that. Unless Real Madrid just go into a little slump like they did a couple of times before Christmas, maybe, but probably not. No, no, and no, you're asking not a lot it. of you're asking a lot of Girona and and Barca are in a mess. So no, I mean Barca are eleven points back. Like, Forget about no. it. Yeah, I don't see that. Um, all right, next one, JJ. The Premier League title race is it over? <laughs> um, sure. Why not? Why not? Why not? The weekend you saw Man City laboring, laboring, laboring. You hoped that Everton could just hang on, but the inevitable happens. Uh, the goal bot 2000 scores and they, they click in and they it's comfortable. And then you look at Liverpool against Burnley and Liverpool win. They do what they have to do, but in an unconvincing performance where their keeper has to come up big twice and Burnley have to squander a couple of brilliant, brilliant chances. Um which could have left the game completely different. Um, and you you just feel like, yeah, there's probably more drop points in Liverpool and there isn't any more in City. City are definitely the variable in this. I mean, like, my my answer is no. It's not over. It's absolutely not over. I'm just going to say it is. It's not. Now, I, I think, I'm just getting I think City, will, I think City will win. They are my pick, but... <laughs> All right, I'm so still it's over. No, but it's not though. It's just because that's my prediction. I'm still incredibly engaged. I think that this is still a compelling race. Yeah, I mean, no, I know, and I feel like it's a, city aren't it's, even top. I feel like yeah, I know, but I feel there is there is just you know rhythms now that we've got used to, especially in this city uh, city 
slash Liverpool, mostly City era. And you do feel like it's City are about to rip off a bunch of games and at some point overtake Liverpool. Do you not feel that way? Well, again, City's my pick. So I'm, I'm right. kind of contradicting myself. I just think that we'll have, we have a race. Like uh, it's going to be compelling to the finish. I, and I think Arsenal will be heard from as well. I don't think that they're, they're out of it. It's a three team race right now. And I think that's, that's great. Now I get what you're saying. They're watching City in this game, that old trope of like, the inevitability of Manchester City, you felt it again. Yeah. You felt it again. Like definitely seeing De Bruyne play that ball to Holland and then Holland bully poor Jared Brathwaite the way that he did. You just I mean Brathwaite's not exactly small. No, he's not. I, I was I was watching that and instantly I just thought this. That's that is what City like again. They've been good. They've Pep talked about it um, that they they've managed to win without Erling Holland and Kevin De Bruyne. Um, but he even said, I have the quote here. Pep says, "I know the team. I see them every day. My opinion is it's a it's fresher and better, and not affected by the fact that we lose games. Uh, they continue to be there with Erling and Kevin. We are stronger. It's obvious when a team loses consistency, we have to be worried with the way we train, behave, and run." When that happens, the team is alive, and I was never concerned since day one. I didn't have a bad feeling. So he, even when they're not with all of their pieces, he still knew that this team had it in him. But now they have all their pieces back, and he's even more confident. He knows what he has in front of him here. Um, they're back. And it's just a matter of whether or not our Liverpool and Arsenal are going to be able to keep the pressure on them and and go toe-to-toe. I think yeah. that they can, and I think it'll be compelling. My pick is City, but I can't say that it's over. Listen, I'm going to keep turning up. I'm going to keep watching games. I'm going to treat it like a title race. What else can you do? But you're right. There's no way you didn't see that game at the weekend and just get that little kind of, that little inevitability feeling, as you yeah. call it. Like, they've been good. You know, it was Doku. It was, it's been Julian Alvarez. It's been Bernardo Silva, Rodri. Like, they, this year alone, they've had like four different best players. But we all know the best version of what this Manchester City team will be is when you've got peak De Bruyne and peak Holland. Those guys are going to be fresh the last few months of the season, and that's scary. And peak Foden as well, we should say. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just w- one thing before we got, get on to our next uh, Is It Over. Um, I was listening to the Guardian, Fo- Guardian Football Weekly. Uh, he came on, I think, in the 87th minute. Uh, Jack Grealish, just to reheat an old conversation. Oh, boy. He's played yeah. 20 minutes in four games, in the last four games. 20 minutes, 100 million pound player. Going into European Championships. No, can't have that. That's Didn't see that coming off of what happened last year. I mean, my God, he was my pick in our season preview for player of the season. Like, Obviously, I didn't see it coming. No, but I guess we should have we should have figured it out a bit. Pep didn't. Well, we, Pep didn't, think that Jer- we didn't think that Jeremy Doku was going to basically take He's a spot from him. Yeah. yeah, that doesn't usually happen with City. He's got to go simple as that in the summer yeah, it might be right but i don't know maybe it's every other year kind of thing like, i don't know who knows well no he played last year now he does right this play. is the year where he's not i'm saying maybe <laughs> next year they'll want him again well, he goes on a retirement Pep, this is pep's way of keeping guys fresh yeah jack realize you're gonna take this year off so we have you fully ready to go next year i, I don't know who the hell knows all right next one jj oh no oh this one. Oh god da- david moy's time at west ham is it over uh, it's over. It's over. Um, 
seven games without a win. The general dissatisfaction of the season so far, even though they've been kind of for a while knocking on the door of the like the the, the top six, um, they've had some pretty good results. Uh, but no, it just it just feels it feels like the refrain is what we've been saying forever. Well, careful what you wish for. You've never had it this good, you know, but like they've never really, never really been a hundred percent happy. And, and um, even in the winning times and, and uh, but like Moyes will point Europa league, uh, last 16, um, the Europa conference league. Sure. It's not even a year since they won that. West Ham's first European trophy in how long? So, um, it just feels it it feels over and it has I've felt it for months. Like I, I my friend Luke, I'm recalling a conversation with him, he's a big hammer. And he's like, West Hammer buzzing, we're happy. I'm like, are you? Because some of you are, and a, a, a significant noisy rump of you aren't. And even if you are happy, watch the way they play. Like the the away at Sheffield United. Just like there's no way West Ham, if West Ham are flying, if they're buzzing with the players they have, with the money they've spent, with the money they've invested, there's no way they should be going to Bramall Lane and 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 just walking away with a point from a winning position. Shouldn't be happening. And they just to watch their Moises conservative. I, I'll I'll quote again an even bigger West Ham fan. My um my brother-in-law Amy. Wow, what a shot at Luke. <laughs> Uh, my brother-in-law Eamon is like, uh, mo- the way Moyes talks infuriates some West Ham fans. Like, the first thing is don't lose, you know. And the, the what was it, Andrew, the game that we kind of really started this chat about Moyes going at on the podcast? Well, what, the FA Cup, right? Was it, was it the Carling Cup or the FA Cup? I thought, oh, yeah, Carling Cup. You're right. Sorry, Carabao. Carabao. Carabao, milk, rumbles, whatever. And... um they that that was the conversation where we really engaged about the fact that he's negative. Like he went to Anfield expecting to get pumped, and he got pumped. Oh, but we disagreed with it at that point. Oh, we, we did disagree. Like we we disagree. We disagreed with his decision to sit players, but we right. also were still not a part of the chorus of Moyes out. We but even when he doesn't sit players, even when he plays some like some of the, the quality that he has, they don't put in um, the performances. Now, I will say the first ten minutes, fifteen minutes. Like when you saw Jared Bowen streaking away down the left and there was another time when uh, Arsenal cut out a cross and that's all in the first 10, 15 minutes. You thought, all right, West Ham are well in this game. And then it just kind of... it. Like I, will, I won't call it an outlier because I do think his time is over, but this was an aber. It felt like an aberration, like 6-0. Like there was four goals in like 15 minutes. It was unbelievable. It just all collapsed in on top of West Ham. So I'm saying even outside of this result, forget this result because of the nature of it for a second. Um, I still think it's over. Just um, he's had his run, man. I'm going to read you this. I saw this on Yahoo earlier this morning. Uh, West Ham United appears set to delay talks over a new contract for manager David Moyes following a worrying run of seven games without a win. A new deal was expected to be agreed last month, but a difficult January transfer window meant talks did not go beyond an informal discussion. Moyes, 60, is out of contract at the end of the season and had been expected to agree to a two-and-a-half-year extension taking him through to June of 2026. The expectation remains that he will stay, but the alarming collapse in form is not helping his negotiating position. 
West Ham are also aware that a number of high-profile managers are interested in the post, which is regarded as one of the most attractive in the Premier League. JJ, you and I, we've fought the good fight on Moy's behalf for a while, but I'm with you. It's over. And the part of that, I mean, look, they had a pathetic 3-0 showing at home, and then they followed that up with an even more pathetic 6-0 showing at home. Fans leaving at halftime, no fight in the team, no response. Um, Got bounced from the FA Cup by a championship side. Obviously, the thing that happened in the Carabao Cup that we talked about. But reading that, the thing that scares me for Moyes is the line. Jason Burt wrote this piece for Yahoo. Um, It's the line where he says that West Ham are aware that a number of high-profile managers are interested. Like this, when stuff like that starts to happen, this is when the idea of, of quote unquote deserve or fair, this, that's when that stuff really gets thrown away. When your options become more appealing, it, it nullifies the question of what's fair or or was was this deserved, you know? Like because yeah. when you can answer when when you can answer the question of well who are you going to get to replace him? Okay, you want him out so bad, who's going to replace him? Well, if this is true and some of the most high-profile managers in Europe are, are coveting this position, then you suddenly have an easy answer to that question. And you couple it all with what you're saying, the fact that fans don't seem like they'd be too bothered to have them go, so they don't. Uh, the board doesn't have to worry about backlash. Um, there is no backlash think, coming if you, if they get rid. I think I'm with you. I think it's over. Yeah. I think that, I and think and if you look at the, some of the players... You know, uh, Bowen's been a great performer for him. Kudus has been a, a, a fantastic sign-in. Ward-Prowse has really actually been quite good for them. Um, Al- Alvarez there. I don't know why Calvin Phillips didn't start. I don't know, but he's had a terrible start to life at West Ham. Yeah. Um. Okay, Kurt Zuma looked very, very slow and ordinary at the weekend. He looked uh, like Kurt Zuma. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he did. Um, but there's enough... There's enough players there to to make the argument that they can play a better brand of football and not always be like so well, the, expectant of defeat. In look, general. it's not it's not good when one absence can cause it all to come falling down. But being without Lucas Paqueta is killing them. You can sure, clearly see that. Sure. Um, so but, but that is that is, that is something. How attractive is that? Kudos, Paqueta, uh, hard workers like Bowen, Alvarez. Yeah. Um, you know, I can sell that to a manager. Come to London, brand new, relatively, I won't say brand new, but relatively new converted stadium. Um, you know, there's, you're in London, like top manager in the Premier League will take a job at West Ham for sure. Yeah. Uh, by the way, while we're talking about this, we should say, I mean, we're talking about West Ham. This was, I mean, this was brilliant from Arsenal. This was a sensational performance. With that, JJ, I would like to dedicate the next segment on the show to one of our our favorite animals on Reddit, uh, Loser33, um, because Arsenal were, like I said, they were absolutely brilliant. Having said that. Yeah, JJ, they scored six goals in the game. Having said that. So let's, can we run through them? Uh, I would love for to loser qualify all the, can I qualify all these goals? Let's together qualify the goals. Yeah, this is for loser 33 on Reddit. So the first goal, JJ, the first goal from Saliba, it was excellent. It was excellent. Having said that, what is Alphonse Areola doing? He 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 made Guglielmo Vicario look like the Hulk on his goalkeeping. You can't fall down that easily. It's terrible goalkeeping. Doesn't count. Second goal. I, listen, brilliant to be tuned up. Having said that, came from a penalty after a simple ball over the top. You could have played it, Andrew. Yeah, yeah. not great. Does it even count? Yeah, I don't. I don't think it does. Next one, JJ. The third goal. Uh, great set piece from Arsenal. They've been so dangerous on these. Having said that, Arsenal's whole line was offside 
until for no reason Ben Johnson foolishly moves back, plays them all on. I can't really, I can't credit the Gunners with that one. Goal number four, nice goal. Having said that, it's nearly half time. Ariola gets a hand on it. So, I mean, if a goalkeeper gets a hand on the ball, hard to count that one, really. Fair point. Sorry, Trossard. Uh, goal number five, Saka. Listen, hey, super, super awareness to get into the gap between centre-back and full-back. Having said that, not even tackled. Keeper doesn't dive. Way too easy. I'm notching it off. Uh, and then finally, I mean, the, the cherry on top, the sixth goal. Oh, my God. The Declan Rice goal. I mean, it's... It's just brilliant. It is. It's a strike that you screened when you were watching it as that went in. Having said that, it's born out of a mistake with Odegaard and Trossard almost clashing into each other, miscommunicating before it reaches Rice. If one of those two do what they're supposed to do, it never reaches Rice and therefore really never should have happened, JJ. So in the end, I think we're kind of talking about a, a fairly drab nil-nil here. I, I 100% agree. Uh, it was a nil-nil, a point that, you know, David Moyes really needed, but Arsenal, that, that title run slipping away from them. Yeah, that's a nil-nil that they'll want to have back. Uh, by the way, we should Can say, we... Uh, I mentioned the Declan Rice goal there. Who scored? They do their match ratings. Declan Rice performance against West Ham yesterday, the highest rated by a midfielder in the Premier League this season, 9.84. Do you think that happens by accident? He goes back to West Ham and has a game. I know he didn't celebrate his goal. Well, he did, though. He didn't. The non-celebration celebration is in it of itself a celebration. Well, what's the, he supposed to do? The, 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 I, look at him, the hands. I know. The I'm hands working. just go, yeah. I can't. The I hand, can't. We didn't need the hands. You're right. The, the paint and then the, the quick little tap of the Arsenal crest just to show I'm committed. But you, you in the stand, I never meant to hurt you. <laughs> I didn't mean to make you cry. I'm just a ricey guy. Um, uh, No, no. And, and um. And anything that fella does is disingenuous and fake, oh, false. Well, but but anyway. you are so my granddad would have been so proud. You're so painfully biased. You can't, you can't speak about this coherently because of your bias. I do think there's a, he's he's a people pleaser and he likes to just please the, whatever's the next person he wants to please in front of them. He does not have any standing or any moral fiber whatsoever. But a great finish. And but as much as I loved his finish, what about the free kick? I didn't know he had that kind of free kick in his locker. There's a great camera angle directly behind him when he hits it. Oh, suit you, sir. This was, uh, is it, does, can this be considered a statement for Arsenal? For everybody who was like, yeah, they're part of the total race, but are they though? Does this, they go on the road to West Ham team that while in terrible form of late is still been good this year. Um, shouldn't be as easy as it looked. Statement? See, see, yeah, but you've just qualified the statement. you've added all those qualifiers there we're qualifying without knowing we're qualifying it's it's subconscious qualifying we're just Um, asking i think i think i think after beating liverpool that's that was the statement this one is a great win and a trouncing but like even even the most like there's one arsenal fan they do a long view of the arsenal support after the the trossard goal and he's a guy he's kind of wearing a one of those uh, puffy liner jackets he's and he's here like this Pumping his arms out and his face is full of disbelief, like four goals in 15 minutes. Yeah. Like, I mean, they're West Ham were so bad. So yeah. bad. Yeah. So six nil, incredible performance from Arsenal. Having said that, really more of a nil-nil when you break it down. Um, and then finally, JJ, one last one here. Mm. And this is this is gonna be a tough one for you. Mm. I'm curious. I'm curious what's gonna happen here. Um, the last one, JJ, Manchester United's tailspin. Is it over? 
it is over. The tailspin <gasps> is over. Now that doesn't mean they're brilliant, but the but the tailspin is over for sure. So we hit rock bottom and we're now bouncing back the other way. Um, yeah, but it's it's more of a. It's not the it's not the bounce you get on on a on a on a turf surface on a hot day high and into the sky bounce. It's more the bounce you get on a wet field, it's kind of a little little bounce. No, it's they're they're definitely they're definitely uh, their results um, have stabilized, which is vital for them because they, they haven't they haven't lost in twenty twenty four. Yeah, five wins and a draw. Exactly, but like the. The underlying, if you watch this game, and Villa had good chances. I wouldn't say they had absolutely pristine, amazing chances, but Villa had good chances. Like Villa will be gutted they lost this one. Unai Emery will be absolutely miserable that they that they lost it. They took nothing from this game. Um, Villa were like overall the metrics trend way towards uh, more towards Villa, but um, the confidence side is united, and in that sense, the tailspin is very much over. Um, they've They've also found this this goal scorer, so of Scotland really. I mean, to be able to bring McTominay on and and for him to score the winner is, uh, he is not obviously an out and out centre forward. He's not a centre forward at all. No, but he's he's um he can pop up with a goal. Uh, they're they're definitely look whatever if you want to say, like Roy Keane destroyed them after the game. So Roy Keane was basically saying they got away with one. You can take that opinion, but this is exactly the kind of game that they weren't getting away with up until recently. So, well, sort of. How many of their wins have been dramatic Scott McTominay winners? Oh, that's true. <laughs> They've kind of done this a lot. I mean, if if we if we take a real step back, there's an argument to be made that this is them all over, not playing well, but staying in the game just enough to grab something they probably didn't deserve. I mean, they they. They were capable of doing that. We saw it against Copenhagen at home in the Champions League. You know, they are capable of doing this. I would just like to be positive about them for, for once. For Well, not for once. I was. This yeah, time for, la- for this, once. This time, no, this time last year, I was overly positive about them. I felt like that Ten Hag was doing this great job when, in hindsight, probably not. But they, if you're asking if they're out of a tailspin, 100%. Speaking of tailspins, who oh, started Masters of the Air, uh, just so good. Oh, okay. I got nervous because because I texted you last week and I said I'm three in and it's unbelievable. I have you and I wanted to know your thoughts. And you said, "Oh, I hadn't watched yet. I'm going to start." And I didn't hear from you until this moment. And I thought that was your way of of if I have nothing nice to say, I'm not going to say anything at all. And I got nervous. I just I've enjoyed it so much. Um, I, it, it there's one. How thing many that, of you? How many of you watched? Oh them? no, we've we've only we've only done one, right? Because oh. Jeez. No, we've only done one, but I enjoyed it so much that I'm looking forward to the next one. But like I'm in the uh, I want to have no distractions. I yeah. want to be it, it, I don't want to be tired when I'm watching it. I don't want to be distracted by it. I have anything else to do. I just want to drink it all in. They it, it, the way it's shot um just the the attention to detail is just amazing. It's so good. And um I, I this isn't a spoiler anyway. There's just one point where they're they're stopping stopping off at the US um Air Force base in Greenland and it's they fly in the planes and it's going to be rocky and it's just so real to me. Everything about that scene was just so real. 
I, I and I love that part of it. I still have to kind of check out the characters, get into the characters more. We'll see them as they develop. Um, it only nor- so- by the way, go back like. Band of Brothers was the same way. I 100%. felt like I it wasn't until like my sixth rewatch of Band of Brothers where I felt like I really knew every character on the show. A hundred percent. Um, the the only thing I will say about it, and it's it, it, because of acting. Oh, no. is, this a, is this a having said that? Having said that, um, it is a having said that, but it's a having said that for all acting. Um, and this ties in with 80s footballers aging badly. Okay. Men did not look that good in the in the forties. They didn't. Not American men didn't, British men didn't. But because you're the pool that you're choosing from are actors who pride themselves on looking well, being in shape, having good skin. I mean, the skin is too good. The teeth are too good for people who smoke and drink a lot. And 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 um there should be more in shape, out of shape guys. Is he in shape or out of shape? Whereas all these guys seem ripped. They seem like bit all right. If if that's your criticism, I can live with that. That's the only one I have. All right, I can live with that. That's not wrong. Yeah, I think it's it's unbelievable. I, I haven't watched the fourth one yet. The first three, I I believe they get progressively better, and I can't wait to see the fourth. It's it's an unbelievable show. Yeah, um, I I don't need to see a a, a combat uh, a man who's supposed to be in combat in World War Two who looks like he uses. He uses uh, oil of Olay or Nivea moisturizer. I got to go back and look at some of these photos of like the 101st Airborne and stuff. I, you might be doing a disservice to people of that time. Mm-hmm. I know what you're driving at, but I, I don't know. I, I want to see some of these guys. Well, I think I'm there's just... some there's some handsome handsome men in there. Look at the book I'm holding up. Oh, you're Beyond Band of Brothers? Beyond Band of Brothers, the war memories of Major Dick Winters. Yeah. Uh, tells the tales left untold by, uh, untold by Stephen Ambrose. Mm. Um, oh, Commander wow. Easy Company, Fifth Parachute Infantry Regiment. So I'm to, gonna. I'm gonna have to borrow that the, from you. Yeah, there's pictures of that in the middle. Um, actually, yeah. And the first picture I, I flick onto is a man who looks well moisturized and chiseled. So maybe I'm wrong. Um, maybe I am wrong. Back to United for a sec, JJ. Um, you know, one of the things with them, I, I'm with you. By the way, I think the tailspin is also. I, I think it's over. I think their their form has been prolonged enough, or at least the winning, because like so. The winning is what's important right now because Ten Hag spoke afterwards and he talked about belief is the characteristic that this team has been lacking at times when they've needed that. And I really think the only way you can kind of gain belief is through winning. And they're Mm -hmm. doing that now, but they're doing it with consistency. Those dramatic little bursts, those little McTominay cameos and, you know, those – those would happen and then they would sort of sink again. That's not happening now. They're they're winning again and they're winning again. Um, they're out of the Champions League and Europe altogether, which is probably beneficial to this team that they can just kind of focus on the league and keeping that form. Um, this is from the BBC also. I think there, there are certain players that are starting to click that I think it matters. Uh, from the BBC, Rasmus Hoyland has now scored six and seven games and five in his last five Premier League games. The only player to achieve the latter five and five Premier League games at a younger age was. You want to try? This is a tough one. Don't know. Go on. Uh, Nicholas Anelka for Arsenal. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Um, so Hoyland in form. By the way, Onana who has taken a lot of abuse this year for his performances. He was really good in this game. He came up big for them. Yeah, he did. Uh, and you still... wonder, like we, we said, you know, who, I forget who it was. One of the guys uh, from CBS who cover Syria, who basically said, we've seen Onana play in past years. He's not like this when he was making all his blunders and mistakes. This is not normal. 
he doesn't do this stuff. Maybe Onana is finally settling. Um, and then another one, uh, Ole Solskjaer, JJ, he, he popped up over the weekend. He said something that was interesting to me about Marcus Rashford. Uh, he said the onus is not on Ten Hag to get the most out of Rashford. It's on Rashford to get the most out of Rashford. I don't know, maybe, uh, and, and I've kind of said that I think this team will be as good as Marcus Rashford decides it can be. Maybe some of these, mo- this most recent incident with Rashford, maybe, I don't know about permanently, but at least in the stretch run of the season, will kind of set him back on the right path and focus. Uh, so I don't know if I agree with you on that one. I think if okay. Rashford looks around um, at this United side, uh, you know. But if they're winning? I think Kobe Manu, United will be as good as he is. He wants them to be. I think if Bruno Fernandes hits the form, I think if Hoyland hits the form, get, we've seen Garnacho at times be be like such a hard worker for this side. I don't know. It's 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 Rashford has to pull his socks up. It's bigger than him. Okay. Um, by the way, sort of unrelated, but Douglas Louise. I mean, does he go into the when keeping it real goes wrong Hall of Fame? Yeah, I can't do with, that with that celebration in front of. So he does that to Varane. He scores and gets down on his knees and like dances in front of him the way that he did. And Varane kind of shrugs his shoulders like like I can only imagine him being in in his head like. Do you have a problem with me? Like, why is this? Why are you doing this right now? Why is this happening? And then when McTominay scored the winner, did you see Varane? The whole United team goes over to celebrate with McTominay, except for one guy, Varane, who sprinted right into Douglas Louise's face. And and what can Louise say at that point? There's nothing that you can say. And like, I'm not, I know we just talked about celebration police. I'm not policing it. Douglas Louise is free to celebrate however he wants. But just know, like, when you do this stuff and there's a lot of time left in the game, you're playing a very dangerous game yourself. And I think he he caught a fistful of that over the weekend. Yeah, and shout out Dallo for the cross as well. I haven't I didn't yeah. have, I didn't mention that. It was a super right on his head. And Matt yeah. Cash can't get across. Um no, you're right. You are lining yourself up for something when you do that. A hundred percent. What was um, that? It was so weird. Yeah, it was Poorly, poorly timed. I'd love to know the thought process behind all of that. I don't know. know. Well, just just to finish though, 23 shots, 10 on target for Villa, one goal. Um, JJ, I think is it over is over. Uh, Fun segment. I hope people enjoyed it. Is it over? Yeah, there you go. Uh, The first part of this podcast is over, but we have a second part still to come. A lot more here on Caught Offside. Don't go anywhere. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Back now, Andrew. Thought offside. The second half. Uh, just wanted to give you a, a further Jurgen Klinsmann update. This is from uh, Jason Hanshin Lee, who is a uh, football 
writer, football journalist in Korea. Uh, he's got a big following on Twitter. Uh, this is an update. Jurgen Klinsmann initially planned on flying directly to the USA from Qatar after the Asian Cup. Only after the KFA begged Klinsmann did he fly to Korea with the rest of the team. He then proceeded to stay one night, flew out to his home in California. This is... <laughs> he's not... I mean, like, he doesn't care at all about winning the hearts and minds. <laughs> like, he's just got no use for that. No, he doesn't. And... He's got to stay longer and face the music. You can't just run away to California after a performance at the tour- at a tournament like that. A tournament you are the massive favorites to win. Well, I don't know about that. Oh, they were the massive favorites to win that game. Well, yeah, okay. I don't right. know about the tournament. I Japan would have been the favorites. Well, all right, okay. And, and but one said, of the t- one of the top three. Come on, yeah. yeah. I mean, no, a team a team with a talismanic player like. Um, Kyung Min San and no it's it's not good enough and the second thing I wanted to bring up this is this just sucks it stinks it's the war- your heart goes out to the guy Daryl DK oh, West man. Bramage Albion second ruptured Achilles and uh, he just returned from from the injury um, ruptured Achilles out again he put a message on uh, on Twitter kind of heartfelt basically saying you know it's hard. It's hard to find any any piece of light in this news. But your support and the support of people who've reached out to him has helped him come back in the past. More recently, he only came back in January. Yeah, to be out again is just it's dreadful. Yeah. And um, yeah, our yeah, our thoughts go out to him. Awful. Yeah, that's that is terrible. Um, I saw that. Felt terrible. Felt, felt sick for the guy because um, I'm sure the amount of work he had to put in to get back from that was. He can't catch a break, man. I mean, now to do, to think about having to do that all again, just uh, in such a short window, uh, yeah, that stinks. Um, I did see. Speaking of the championship, Josh Sargent scored again for Norwich City. That's good. He seems to be in good form right now for them. Um, so we'll take it. Um, but yeah, so that's you're right. It just sucks for Daryl DK, and I don't know how else to put it. All the best. Um, a couple other quick uh, Premier League thoughts from uh, from over the weekend. Don't have too much here, um, but. Man, the the number of days, JJ, where like the seas kind of part for me and a, one kid is at a birthday party. The other one is at some other activity. Amanda is at like I it was one of those moments where 10 a.m. rolled around on Saturday and it was just me and the TV. Oh, I love it. That man. was it. And I had it. It was just me, Spurs and Brighton for the full 90 minutes and uh thank you drink god coffee? you're not a coffee guy what, no, what no. Would, you, would you have a cup of tea what would you do uh neither of those things so you just sit there dry <laughs> yeah i don't know maybe i had water at some point i guess i don't water. know yeah what yeah a, orange juice anything at that point no i probably had had that earlier i mean i was up at 5 30 yeah um so yeah i don't know i don't know i, I think I, I actually i think i had nachos and salsa at one uh, point, and that that early in the morning, that's yeah, around eleven. Again, when you're up, when you're having breakfast at six thirty, everything's different. And the whole the whole dynamic of your day is different. It's when a you're longer up. day for sure. Yeah, um, yeah, I think I did. I was like, yeah, who's better than me right now? I don't care what time it is. I'm home alone, and I got this game on. Now Tottenham weren't. It was a it was a weird performance. They were very bad, conceded, then became pretty good for a while yeah and equalized and then were awful awful 
over the last 20 minutes or so of that game, Brighton getting the winner felt like such an inevitability. I'm um, so fatty. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but in the end, it was Tottenham. And the guy you just mentioned, Hyungman Son, welcome back. I mean, he came on as a sub for them uh, returning from the Asian Cup. And again, wasn't great, but you get to the 96th minute and the the pass that he plays into Brendan Johnson for the winning goal was just spectacular. How calm was Brendan Johnson, by the way? Yeah, although I thought at first, the way the ball came off his ankle, foot, I thought he was going to sky it over the bar. But fortunately for him, he was close enough to the goal, which was wide open and gaping, that he couldn't he couldn't miss. Didn't matter how high or awkwardly it might have come off of him. He, he was just too close for it to not go in. Um but it was a great moment for Brendan Johnson because he was having a he wasn't having a good game either. It's funny Tottenham equalized, and it felt like they had all the momentum behind them. The crowd was really up for it. They made so the goal goes in, they tie the game, and then Ange makes three substitutions right on the spot. Where I think in the moment I sort of got what he was doing. I was like, okay, they're going for the kill here. Like they're they. But it took the window to them. But it did. It did. It it, it totally backfired. And Brighton were far and away looking like the better side and the way more likely side to score. Um, but they never did. And in the end, Tottenham uh, in the six minute of stoppage time got a, a huge winner from Brendan Johnson. Um, but yeah, not a lot of guys played all that well. I thought Richarlison, after I was throwing him his flowers, he had a bad game. Um, yeah, it was kind of kind of a weird one for Spurs, but they'll take it. Very dramatic. Dramatic win at that. You see, um, Mickey Vandeven set the uh, the Premier League speed record. Yeah, couldn't believe it. Would not have guessed that a center back would be the one to hold that. But if you're going to play the line that Ange plays, that's why he was a good purchase. That's what we call smart recruitment. You're going to need those wheels. Yeah. Um, So I may be misremembering, and I doubt there's anyone on the podcast old enough, but there used to be a sprinting competition in season when it was the first division. So a couple of seasons prior to the Premier League. And they'd get the fastest players and they'd have a sprinting competition, like 100 meters. Yeah. And they used to do it at Wembley. How how can we, I mean, no one will sign off on this, but how can we get Chidozi Ogbene, uh, Van de Ven, uh, who else would be in that, uh, Salah, all those guys. How can we get that done? It's simple. Take a page out of American Sports Book. Let's have All-Star Weekend. Right. See, it's all about how I pose it to you. Once I tell you that it's something American, All-Star Weekend, Whoa. I don't do it anymore. If I had just said, maybe JJ, hey, I love this country. Their, how dare you? We could gather some of the best players for a weekend and have them do fun competitions against one another. We'll call it what, what's something inherently European that I could appease the Euro snobs with. Uh, <laughs> but once I call it All-Star Weekend, now you, you're out. You're out on it. Hey, listen, can you just retract what you said? It's nothing. No, no, no. You love America. I know that. But when I when I try to inject, like earlier, when I said, can the Champions League take some cues from the Super Bowl? Oh, now you're horrified. Yeah, because if United somehow stumbled of of American sports culture into this thing. If United somehow stumbled in the future into a Champions League final, you'd want Big Sir Jim and you'd want uh, Malcolm. No, right. Not now right. that's now one that's the, not fair. One of the Glazers receiving the trophy before the captain. Is now that, that is not fair. I didn't say let's. That? I didn't say let's inject all of it. I think we can all take some really nice pieces from each other, and share in some of the the best qualities of European sport culture and American sport culture. 
For sure. Star Weekend, JJ. Look, they took the Hall of Fame. I think it's great. Fun yeah, debates. True. Yeah. I love it. Um, by the way, Vicario watch in full effect. So once again, they were Brighton were trying to body him up as you should. Tottenham were trying to put a defender in between. Still some harrowing moments here and there, but nothing disastrous. Harrowing. It's just gonna be this is just gonna be how it is. And yeah. Brighton are trying so hard. I forget who it was. Was it Pascal Gross who took one of the corners and they're trying so hard to put it right in that area that he hit the side of the net. He never he wasn't able to get the ball in play. Like teams are trying too hard now to trouble this guy. But we got someone on Reddit after we talked about this last week, uh, who said to me something to the effect of like, I don't know, I'm confused. Isn't this like what's wrong with you? Isn't this something that happens all the time? And I'll say that yes, like this is not new. There are there are times when you see this, but what I was saying last week is that this should be what you do now on on corner kicks. And so I watched, and Brighton did it on all of them to try to bar, body up Vicario. Yeah, but you were talking from. specifically about Vicario. But I'm saying everyone should be doing this now because the, there's on a, him to every in, Tottenham should have been doing it to to Jason Steele. But a lot like, of keepers can deal with it better. No, uh, we but, saw, uh, the... but we now know that there's there's like a, a bar of physicality, like. Test the limits of what the of what officials are going to allow go because some of these with Vicario have been on the line, but none of them have gone his way. So keep put, this can work. I think this can work on a lot of goalkeepers, even strong ones. I think you can if you can bother them. By the way, it kind of worked. Uh, I know we joked about it a little bit before, but the way Ariola fell on the corner, it was yeah. after who was it? Ben White. Somebody kind of put a little nudge into him. He fell down. Like everyone, this should just be what you corners are hard to score on. Right now, there's feels like there's this window where contact with them is being allowed in a way that I don't know that I always knew that it was. Yeah. Again, I was just thinking of the weekend. Is- it, I, I know I've seen it before, but like they're allowing this. They're not blowing the whistle. They're not. They're not giving the keeper the benefit of the doubt on these. So everyone should just do this. Yeah, I remember uh, from the weekend, uh, Trafford on the first Liverpool goal just comes out and gets completely lost in the bodies in the forest, and Diego Jota just nods home. Yeah, maybe you've got something there, Andrew. Everyone should do it. Um, JJ, I know you had uh, some thoughts on the relegation race. No, I'm just I'm thinking it's beginning to feel like I know Sheffield United were able to 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 beat Luton at the weekend, but that felt more like a a a, a dent in Luton's uh, chances of staying up rather than something that's going to help or something that's going to really propel Sheffield United. I just I just feel I feel Burnley and Sheffield United are gone. Yeah, I would agree with that. And now we're into the zone of where it's Forest, Luton or Everton. I think that's that's what's happening now here. And and some would say well Palace are safe. Palace are Palace are they're not safe. They're three points ahead of Forest. But right now it's it it feels like any one from three to join Burnley and Sheffield United in the championship next year. And um and I'm just I'm I'm thinking like Luton obviously would have gone into the Sheffield United game they would have been confident um and losing that I wonder I wonder what effect that's going to have. Um I watched Forest at the weekend and um oh. they were a little unlucky to not have I thought Awoni had had won a penalty there. Yeah. On Dubrovka. Um, By the way, Reina came in mid no impact whatsoever. Yeah, um, not his fault really, but he got on the ball. He was neat and tidy once in the left hand side channel, but that was it. Um, otherwise, no impact. Um, 
I feel like, but even still, do tell me if I'm wrong here. I feel like Forrest might be the best equipped to pull themselves away from those two. Away of from the, Everton? I think Everton are. I would say Everton. I mean, Everton. I mean, look, City. they lost to City, but they they hung in there for a bit. There was an yeah, Everton. I still think they're not that they're not bad to me. Like it's they shouldn't be there. Like they literally yeah. shouldn't be there. They were deducted so you, ten points. They're better so, than the teams around them. So you think it's going to be Luton or Forest then? Yeah, I think I think at some point Everton will. It'll it might be a little scary for them, but I think they'll pull clear. Um, and I'm not writing Palace off from getting sucked into this. They haven't well, played no. yet. They, they play Chelsea in about uh, an hour or so. Yeah, and then they um, follow up with Everton next Monday at Goodison Park. And then Everton have, after the Palace game, they have Brighton away. They have West Ham at home, and then they're away to Man United, and then they have the Derby. So it's tricky enough run a run of uh, games for Everton coming up. I mean, I I, I've, I, I've seen Everton play Tottenham incredibly tight both times. They got the draw yeah. the first time. They probably should have had a draw with the the earlier meeting between the two also. Yeah, I just, I, I, I think now we're looking at a two down already. Um, yeah. Even though Burnley played well at Liverpool, uh, like I said, they could have, I could have given, in a different day, that could have been a tie. I could, they could have been walking away with a point. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. anyway. Uh, let's see. Before we close out here, JJ, of course, there were two big trophies handed out over the weekend, uh, starting in the Asian Cup. Qatar, they repeat as Asian Cup champions. Uh, congratulations to them. Um, having said that. Having said that, I'll tell you what, I'm about to say some stuff here. The next time I'm in Qatar, I'm going to have to take shelter at the Conca Cafe. That's going to be like my U.S. consulate. I'm going to have to, <laughs> I can't leave the grounds there because I'm about I've... to say something about Qatar winning the Asian Cup. Um I don't want to rain on anyone's parade. If you are a Qatar fan, celebrate. Like this is this is great. You won on your home soil, uh, and you should be happy. Um, and I'm not even saying you're, I'm not saying Qatar aren't good. All I'm saying now is this is the most unimpressive road to a title that I have ever seen. Right. The group stage, they beat Lebanon three nil, Tajikistan one nil, and China one nil. In the round of sixteen, they beat Palestine two one. In the quarterfinals, they beat Uzbekistan on penalties. Now, in the semifinals, they beat Iran 3-2 in a thrilling game. That's a scalp. And then in the final, they beat Jordan 3-1. And Jordan were very good against uh, against South Korea. Fine. JJ, uh, whatever you think of the FIFA World Rankings, it's it's at least a gauge. It's not the Bible, but it's, it's a gauge. The average FIFA World Ranking of the teams that Qatar played in this tournament is 81. And by the way, that's pulled way up by Iran, who are 21st. You take that one out. I didn't do the math, but oh my God. Um, So like, and I could hear like our Qatar listeners are going to rip me and they'll say, (laughs) but they'll say, oh, like the U.S. winning the gold cup or the nation's league is so impressive. Fair point, but it's not in this stratosphere. Here's the FIFA world rankings of the teams that the U.S. generally have to go through to win their continental competitions. Mexico's 15th, Panama's 41st, uh, Canada's 48th, which feels a little harsh. Costa Rica, 52, Jamaica, 55, which we've talked about this one. That's going to rise. Honduras, 76, and El Salvador, 78. Those are all better than the average of 81st in the world that Qatar had in this tournament. So I'm sorry to rain on the parade, but to me, just looking at this, like 
it's it, it, I don't know how else to say it. it it's the most unimpressive road to a title I've ever seen from it's a, almost from, in a major it's tournament. Al- it's almost like the host country has engineered that one side of the draw would be absolutely well, horrific. But I mean, and the, and the other side would be much more palatable to them. But that that is the thing, and this is not a slight. Hey, I'm on, just on asking Asian. questions. This is not a slight on 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 that continent's football. Like, but they they just happen. And I'm not, by the way, I don't know what you're doing, but I am not suggesting conspiracy. I am not doing that. Oh, but, you, you, you've, no, you know I'm what? not. You've walked I'm, up to the conspiracy line and no way. flirted with it. No way. But I'm just saying that they navigated this tournament without facing Japan, South Korea, Australia, Saudi Arabia, even Iraq. Like they got through without playing any of them. And they got Jordan in the final. And good, by the way, Jordan. Qatar can only play who they play. Like, it's not their fault that Jordan upset South Korea, but they benefit from it. Wow, we don't have to face South Korea in the final? Oh my gosh, what a gift. And they took they took advantage. I mean, look, Jordan, other teams failed to, to hold up their end. South Korea couldn't beat Jordan. So props to Qatar. They beat everyone that they probably should beat. And especially even Iran was, you know, that's a huge success. That was an upset for Qatar. So I'm not going to take it away from them. But just the the body of the tournament, the the teams that they played, the average FIFA ranking, eighty first. That's 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 fortunate. That's what you look. I guess that's what you dream of, right? If you're gonna if you want to win a trophy, sometimes you sure. need some help. Sure. But but congrats to them. Yeah. Uh, that, that is the, that is the most mealy mouthed congrats yeah. I've ever heard. I'm happy. Can't for say it. all that and then congrats. I will be hiding out at the Conca Cafe the next time I'm. In Qatar. Um, and then, JJ, we go from that to the Ivory Coast, completing just the most bizarre, unbelievable in tournament turnaround I've ever seen. Uh, we, I believe they're the first team to have lost twice and then gone on to win a, uh, a tournament. I mean, they uh, finished third in a group with Equatorial Guinea, who beat them 4 0. What on earth was going on? What was happening? Three points was what they got out of the group with, and then they go on. And honestly, they were they were by far the better side in the final at the weekend. Like they thoroughly deserved that. I know Nigeria took the lead, but like they had all the ball, all the play, um, and uh, and it took a great finish for Haller. Yeah, Haller to. Uh, to I, I had to watch that like three times to be able to tell. I kept thinking, no, that's an own goal, isn't it? Yeah, but he stuck that leg out perfectly. Uh, yeah, and and man of the match for me was Adingra, who was just superb for them. He was he was excellent. Um, well, Kessia had a good game too, but um, totally totally deserved. And and Haller is having some story, really, really just an amazing story since he left West Ham. It's been crazy. For him to lift that trophy now after all he's gone through with testicular cancer is July 2022, uh, he was diagnosed. February 2023, made his return to football. Um, and February 2024, scores the winning goal for Ivory Coast in the AFCON, final, AFCON Cup final. So it's just amazing. Incredible. A- truly amazing story. Somebody, someone's got to get in on the, on the movie rights. Yeah, to this guy, it's just a, it's an amazing story. Yeah, and I mean, he's not a not a guaranteed starter anymore at Dortmund, right? Um, so just a truly great story for him. Yeah, I do think you you mentioned Nigeria. I do think this is one that if they could if they could have a do over, 
I think they would have done things a lot differently in this game. I mean, I know they talked about after the fact that they were, I think they saw it in themselves. They were just too defensive. Um, I don't know if that was like the tension of the moment got to them, if that was how they set out to be. Um, but you could see it just, they they really offered so little um, over the course of this game. Yeah, nothing. One shot on target in the whole game. Yeah. And um, and even the goal they got, like, if it was completely against the run of play. I mean, it's a great header, don't get me wrong, but still. Um, no, it's, it's the right result and a, and a great story. And um, yeah, goes to show you just it's never over. Yeah, absolutely. Incredible. Uh, so congratulations to them on a, just a wild tournament. And what a what a cool thing to have done in their own country. And congratulations to BN Sports for just a wild, wild ride you brought us on. Um, <laughs> truly unbelievable. Uh, JJ, I don't have much else. No, that's me. I'm, I'm spent. What a what a great podcast, man. Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed this. Uh, we should, as kind of a um, a PSA to everybody, our our schedule this week will be slightly different. Be on the lookout uh, early Wednesday for our next pod, where we'll break down Tuesday's Champions League action. That podcast should be up for you by your your Wednesday early morning commutes. You should see that. So that yeah, keep those feeds refreshed. Valentine. Valentine's Day and 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 travel have uh, have changed the schedule for us. Yeah. Um so there you go. So be on the lookout for that. That uh Champions League is back. Holy cow. Here we go. Yeah. The business end. Yeah, this was say. a this was a long podcast. Having said that, very good podcast. I agree, JJ. I agree. Hey, to you I say Check you later, fun boy. I'll see ya. Goodbye, Andrew. Having said that, good riddance. Having said that You've been listening to the Caught Offside Soccer Podcast. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.